Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode one of season five of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. Uh, this week, to kick off the 2023-24 season, we reached out to Tim Rapley, who covers the CCHA for College Hockey News and Flow Sports. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Glad to be here, guys. This week, we'll preview the CCHA and Michigan Tech Hockey as we kick off the 2023-24 season and see where else the conversation takes us. That's it. So let's do the thank you notes and a brief brief note from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Tim Rapley. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. All right, so kicking off Season 5 for the podcast, Tim, what are your thoughts on the CCHA this year and and adding uh, Augustana in some fashion, I guess? Um, what I've noticed is that an awful – I'm looking at the departure list. Uh, I, I used all the teams on my legal pads and did arrivals and departures, like we're at an airport or something, <laughs> and there's just so many good players that have uh, hit the road some of them uh, NHL draft picks, some of them, a lot of them with college eligibility left, former captains. They're all out there in the netherworld someplace, which uh, speaks highly of uh, the existing rosters. And uh, I think Tech has, and I'm not just blowing smoke because I'm with you guys, I think Tech has the most solid and deepest roster, especially on defense and in goal uh, in the CCHA. So how much do the, the the transfer additions play into your perception of the, the defense with uh, Getz oh. and Campbell? Um, not that highly. Okay. I looked at just just the uh, – uh, I, I thought I could find eight players uh, that could play, including um, another Pietala and a teammate <laughs> from his USHL <laughs> championship days, a, a kid that the Gophers had been uh, uh, scouting, uh, an undersized defenseman, Nick, Nick Williams. Williams. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought I saw eight defensemen that could play and probably play pretty well, you know. Yep. And, you know, you, um, <clears throat> you've got uh, the makings of two or three, you know, top lines right off the bat, you know. See some of these guys that are together, you know, um, Stauber and Bronte will probably be playing together, you know. Rylan Mosley's back. Kukanen, the rifleman, you know. I like, I'm ready to watch, start watching you guys. Yeah. And then Logan and Blake Pietala are both back too on uh, yep. grad transfer or grad years. So that's kind of cool yeah, to see. Yeah. They, they started a, a painting company over the summer. 
<laughs> uh, did they? You know, got some insights there. there. Coach is, loves their decision making. Yeah. <laughs> is four Pievolas the most we've had on the roster at one time? I think it's the most on the roster at one time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think so because I think three it was four. I think it was three because Chad uh, uh-huh. and Blake, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because Phil was gone before those three all got here. I think those three were together. Yeah. No. There's Pietlo's in the rink as well. Yeah. In addition to the, the four in uniform, there's one in the booth, right? And there's yep. some other assistant going around. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really fun this year because um, Aaron has decided to sponsor the podcast because he runs an insurance company in the Midwest uh, out of Michigan and he can do uh, uh, insurance in Michigan, Wisconsin. And Minnesota for sure. I don't know about the other Midwestern states, but he he called himself Patilla. So I have to figure out what I'm going to do if I stick with the uh, <laughs> the Dirk pronunciation on the podcast or or go with what Aaron said to me on the phone. So, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah the the year the year where the three pronunciations were all different for <laughs> uh, for Dirk was an interesting one to listen to. Yeah, and then I'm Grandpa called the and told him, "Nope, it. it's Pietilla. Yeah, I'm familiar with the local copper country version of it. The downstate one, when I first heard it, sounded really weird to me. Yep. Well, and then he was also very confused when I called him because he was expecting Braun, not Brown, when I said it on my voicemail. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You could record multiple versions of it, and it's just kind of you get what you get. Like some of them, it's pronounced one way, and the next one is pronounced a different way. (laughs) We could just screw around with that and rotate it, right? And then we can just have Joey record all of them and we can blame it on her if Aaron gets upset. <laughs> if only we could like figure out a way for it to regionally distribute based on where they're from, right? If it's downstate Michigan, <laughs> you get Patilla. Anywhere else, you get uh, Pietilla. So, no, I'm, I'm excited for the season. So, I know you talked a little bit about that you've done some research. Where, where do you, who do you think? I mean, obviously, Augustana is just there at the bottom first year of a program, not actually playing a conference schedule this year. Um, so outside of them, where do you, how do you see like maybe the bottom of this conference shaking out? Who do you think is going to struggle to to get home ice? Um, you know, I haven't gotten really granular on that, but um, I think Ferris <laughs> State may not have the depth to be over 500 right okay they're yep. going to be close to it they got you know the nicest coach and we all love bob daniels um he, he got victimized by a transfer an important player <clears throat> um but he's got pretty solid goaltending um i think bemidji's goaltending took a hit last last year i mean they've they've got their uh their stud back right shoal but shoal Scholl had an off year last year. He's, he's trending downward, and he's still not six feet tall. And um, they lost a lot of players, um, especially their, you know, se- was he a second-team All-American, their, their uh, Swedish defenseman, Elias Rosen? Um, that's a huge loss on the blue line for them. I don't think Eric Polkamp, who comes in very highly regarded, but I don't think he's going to make up for Rosen. So I think Bemidji's going to be an underachiever, even though people like to say they're they're a contender for home ice. So those are the teams I see on the 
below the Mendoza line. <laughs> nice little baseball reference you got there. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for <laughs> translating. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I can see that. I um I know I struggle to really think about it. I know a lot of people, especially in our Discord, seem pretty high on on St. Thomas, but it, it still feels like um like I think they'll be better, but I still feel like they've they've made a ton of changes and that can be hard for a program to uh, adapt to. So I, I still feel like they're probably in the bottom half of this league. Um, All right. That'll but... be our first wager. <laughs> I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Everyone's sexy pick is St. Thomas. And I, I'm guilty of that. Not, not I get that it. I get it. I'm not. McNaughton. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got Minnesota State with the the carcass of what's left of of that program from from what Hastings and and Todd Kamat did to them with uh, taking everything but the Zamboni and yeah, with them I mean, to there, Wisconsin. There were some pretty pretty good memes of the Zamboni driving away too that <laughs> yep. were on Twitter there for a while. Someone actually had a picture of it driving away. <laughs> pretty funny. That is a carcass. That's a great, great expression. Um, <laughs> there's a new Twitter account, like uh, based on Minnesota State fans. And the guy seems to have some insights. I don't know much about him, but he was just saying, you know, the new regime is, is you know, player-centric. It won't be run like a slave ship anymore. And, <laughs> you know, Joe was just saying, will they be able to regain their culture? And if it's all kumbaya over there, I don't know if kumbaya wins the 50-50 pucks. And um, uh, to be determined, um, I I don't love Lake State as much as I did last year. That's safe to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Lake State winning the McNaughton this year. Yeah. So so beyond Ferris and um Bemidji State, who else would you put then not having home ice? Well Lake State won't get home Lake ice. Lake Yeah. And then I would put and, St. Thomas there, but you you uh disagree with me on that. Right. It might be the two Minnesota teams, St. Thomas in fourth and Minnesota State in fifth. And oh. there might might be room to grow on that too. Okay. For St. Thomas. That would be quite interesting if St. Thomas is hosting Mankato for the yes. playoff. Yeah. That would be different. Especially when St. Thomas still does I mean, they can obviously raise hardware, but they can't make the tournament yet, right? They still yeah, have two more years of that? Mm -hmm. so there's nothing that says they can't win the league right they can so, win the conference tournament but then whoever um they beat in the championship gets the auto bid i believe is how they would do it though mm -hmm. so they're starting to make arguments coming out of their sports information office they're talking about other equivalents and other sports so they won't go down without a fight if they basically trying to get in as early as they can if they can yeah. somehow yeah. If they can, they're looking for loopholes. They're talking loopholes already, or at least the sports information office is. Um, yeah. One point, one last point I want to say is 
you know, Mankato, whatever they call that Mayo Events Special Events Center, um, <laughs> Mayo Clinic Special Events Center. It's a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a house of horrors, right? Yep. Both Mason Cups, uh, Sour Cups, any kind of cup. It's mm-hmm. always tough. Two goal leads with a minute and a half left are, are not secure. And, you know, if they don't get home ice, there, there goes that whole factor, the aura. You know, it's no longer, I, I'll say it now, if I had to write a column, it's probably not going to be the House of Horrors. It has been for, what, five well, years, six e- years, right? E- even if they manage to get home ice, you have to think that the transition and the fact that they're not likely to run away with the league this year or even necessarily compete for the McNaughton Cup, I think changes that perception of, like, there should be no negativity. If they somehow finish fourth, whoever's fifth shouldn't be going in there with the negative idea that they can't beat them there because they should be beatable. Um, with you know, it's not like I mean, Mankato fans last year were so disappointed with a down home season and they still had like a pretty good record at home, they just weren't undefeated, <laughs> you know, like right. or winning. 10, 9 out of 10 like they had been for the last few years so I just think that the the like it, it's it's the opposite of the scene from Hoosiers where the kids go to the state tournament and then they're like measuring the basket hoop and showing it's still 10 feet tall and all that stuff mm-hmm. like there's none of the I don't think there's going to be that stigma of going into that arena anymore because I also it's, it's also going to be very interesting to see how well the crowds turn out with the change and, and is it, they're going to be a setback in the atmosphere till they show that they can be successful at home. Um, So that's going to be a really interesting transition for, for Minnesota state and how, how the fans react and how the program reacts to the new staff and all the changes that the team went through. Yeah. Um, I think it's healthy for the league, to be honest, not to be so top heavy. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I I would rather see us toppling them <laughs> with with Hastings there, just from a you know the sense of accomplishment that would give. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think it's going to be good to to you know put a little bit of the cart before the horse. But I do think there's no way they finish at first this year, right? So right. somebody somebody else is going to take that. I hope it's us. But anybody else is is a different story. It's a different look for the league. It'll be nice to see someone else you know have that rather than it just be an expectation for Mankato to take it yeah and I think it's uh, one of the things that I heard a lot especially from people outside the CCHA was like this is bad for the CCHA for Hastings to leave like he did and all that and and I've always like since it happened I've always contended that that's not true because it's always felt like the outside perception is it's Minnesota state and a bunch of other teams. So whatever Minnesota state does, the CCHA doesn't get credit for anyway. So I don't think it like Minnesota state taking a step back, as long as somebody fills that vacuum and, and hopefully somebody wins a tournament game this year. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing for the league. (laughs) If there's more parity and a couple teams make the tournament, and one of them finds a way to win a game because it doesn't have this this perception of, well, Minnesota State was the only one that could win a game kind of thing. 
Um, We've got to win one eventually, right? Right. And I will keep raising money to send a bunch of misfits there till we do. Right. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't take forever because I don't know how long the the misfits alumni can afford to be dropping 12 grand on a bus to get students there. But hopefully we get some closer games so it doesn't cost quite so much either. But yeah, I think, I think overall having a more competitive league should be good for the league. I do think it's, it, it stinks to not have that measuring stick in the league to, to like, to, to keep, driving the top of the league to be better. Um, but hopefully some other teams can step up and continue to do well in non-conference and, and find a way to get a couple teams in again this year. I, I, the biggest, the worst thing that could happen is that we somehow become a one, like a, a tournament winning team only type league. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily see that happening, but it, it certainly could this year. Who knows? Or it could be a situation where a team like Tech is the only team that could get in without winning the tournament kind of thing. Yeah. But who knows? Um, I want to bring a date to our attention. Um, in five weeks' time, four and a half weeks' time, uh, our own St. Thomas Tommies are hosting the Gophers at the Excel Center. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking of putting a few extra gallons of gas in my Prius and driving up there for a Friday night, that could be a lot of fun, I'm telling you, because, um, you know, skilled teams like the Gophers might not have all their line combinations in play. And, you know, St. Thomas is going to play a gritty battle. They're always a pain in the butt to play against. Maybe they'll steal a game, and that would really help the CCHA. Mm-hmm. The battle of Twin Cities. I don't think that's ever really happened before, though. Though they they played Minnesota every year, one form or another, and quite often make it competitive. So I'm expecting another competitive game. Thirteen. Yeah, it's just one game, right? It's not a series, right? It is it's a series, a but home. the it's the first games okay. at the X that St. Thomas is hosting, and that's then the right. second gotcha. games at the games at, at Mariucci or whatever yeah. it's called yeah. these days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forget what it is. Isn't it three M? Something or other. Yeah, it's the 3M rank at Mariucci Arena or the Mariucci rank at 3M Arena or something. Yeah, it's some yeah. sponsorship equivalent to that, right? Yeah, they got a, they got naming rights to a college rank yep. on campus. Yep. 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 Yeah, I think it is 3M. I think you're right, Tim. It'd be nice. It, it should be fun to see a St. Thomas home game not at a high school barn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, now you're knocking an entire league of Division One teams to play. No, I'm not. College. Well, St. Thomas's home stadium <laughs> oh, is a high school I know. I'm rink. I'm just saying, you know, whatever that fifth conference is that LIU is in, oh, they're well. all playing in high school rinks. Well, sure, then I'm making fun of them. That's fine. So Sacred Heart, <laughs> excuse me, Sacred, Sacred Heart has a terrific building. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we haven't talked about Bowling Green yet. What are your thoughts on them? You know, um, it's funny – Joe Sean, when I talked about, you know, it being wide open, he talked about the Bowling Green right away, and it was because of Austin Swankler. And uh, they've got a goalie back, Stover, who's good. But when I looked at all the people they, they lost, they lost a lot of players. And, you know, they're going to be, you know, fighting for home ice. I think there's going to – again, I haven't figured out the exact rankings, but they're one of those – 
probably more a contender than a pretender. You know, I'll I'll call Bemidji a pretender right now, but um, Bowling Green a contender. When when they got um, three standouts, two forwards, and a goalie back, Stover, I think it was uh, is it O'Hara and um, Swankler back, especially Swankler, who is Mister Offense and and plays gritty, and you know he'll be a third line NHL player or will be given a chance to be. And he plays so hard, so balls to the wall, if I'm allowed to say that, um, <laughs> that um, he'll, he'll raise the level there, you know, and the fact that he's back, everyone's going to skate a little taller. Um, but, you know, I look at the roster, not that impressed. And again, I was really impressed with everyone that walked out the door. They lost a lot of talent. So not sure, you know, they've, Mm-hmm. They've got sophomores that have to take a big step. Um, they've got a pretty good coaching staff that's been in place there for a while, you know. So to be determined, you know, all this, all the overhauling of rosters every year during this COVID scenario um, raises a lot of questions. So then you think about culture and the building they play in and stuff like that. And the, uh, I'm not convinced, you know, does it all come down the CCHA to who gets the 50-50 pucks and who's willing to sacrifice? And I think there's, I don't know, um, I like tech and then the rest are either pretenders or contenders of the of the big name schools. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how, how it plays out with tech being probably the, the, the front runner this year. Um, yeah. The one other team we also haven't talked about yet is is Northern Michigan, um, Michigan Tech's arch rival in the UP. Uh, what are your thoughts on them and uh, Patolni? They're pretty solid. They're pretty solid. Hey, hey, what I I want to talk about is that they narrowed the ice. Right, they're down yep. to an eighty-five wide, so you can't just classify them as this kind of you know uh, long possession touches skilled players going up and down no one really paying the price even though they're a heavily penalized team they're going to be different with a different rank right um you know one of my favorite forwards in the whole league former leading scorer uh, whose name is escaping me now from los angeles he's back i was really surprised to see him i'm surprised he's not playing in europe and you guys want to help me with their leading scorer's name? Gantos, was that who it was yeah. last year? Yeah, Gantos, yeah. I think, right? Gantos. Yeah. So here he is, fifth or six-year player, whatever he is, you know, super skilled. I'm I'm wondering how well he'll do on the narrow sheet. Um, he's a pretty tough player. I think he'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to be nipping at the heels of Tech. You know, if when 10 days from now when I'm writing the article and I'm trying to figure out where to place everybody, they're going to be up there. You know, the uh, the balance of power is pushing north into the UP, you know, in the CCHA, which I think is good. And, uh, uh, you know, you look at the recruits that, that are coming to, to Marquette, you know, they got this 6'5 defenseman from Sweden that looks like, you know, you know, he's a drinking buddy of Thor or something like that. You know, <laughs> is his, his first name is Viking? Uh, is, is that, that right? right? 
I'm pretty oh, sure man. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, Viking Gustafsson yeah. Nyberg. Yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> that's <pretty good. laughs> no, no question. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I I like Northern, and, and they kept a couple of players. Um, uh, you know, um, they had to let a uh, a New York Ranger draft pick Shelberg go. Right, Jet Jungles. Uh, Twin Cities kid, he's gone. Brett Willits is gone. These are guys that still had eligibility remaining. You know, Joey Larson jumped in the transfer. God, what a dark week for Brent Patoni after <laughs> losing the biggest heartbreak game and a shot at the NCAAs with two goals in 90 seconds, you know, before the uniforms have even dried out. You know, Joey Larson's down at Michigan State. That's a tough, tough 48 <laughs> hours, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I think they'll be okay. Um, they got a transfer from Western Michigan, Jack Perbix. He's a player. They stole Mitch Dielstra out of Ferris and got a player. Yeah, Deals, out of, Dielstra's uh, an interesting one to see. You don't usually see a lot of transfers stay within the league. So it's, yes. it's interesting to see that. Yeah. I wonder why. Don't know what the inside story is. But yeah, I think Northern's going to be solid. You know? And, um, I don't have a problem if they're solid as long as they're below us. <laughs> yeah, right. You gotta love a local rivalry that's oh, like for 90 sure. miles apart. For sure. Pretty yeah, good in this league. No doubt. Yeah. So um, the college hockey, hold on, one last thing. College hockey news had AJ Vanderbeck at on this year's roster. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> He's already had several professional games, so I don't think that's possible. So I'm not knocking Adam Woden, and he is one of my clients, but I, I that, <laughs> that took it, me by surprise. There. It's it's hard to get all of those right. I understand. Yes. There's a lot yeah, going on between the transfer portal and and uh, and and who turns pro and all that stuff, and it's hard to keep and, track of and all. Everyone's of allowed to be eligible as long as they want. I think those were the rules. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So um, we're gonna we're gonna idea. keep having Pietalas until until they have kids and then they don't <laughs> want to play anymore. Hey, here's something I was throwing out when I might have had a couple of uh, IPAs. Uh, I took a vacation last week with some interested and interesting people. I said, can there be like you know a Division One hockey Deadpool? You know, of all these players that still have eligibility remaining that haven't signed. And can they can they jump onto a college team? And I realized probably not. You know, the, the presidents <laughs> still have sway. They gotta be in a classroom, so they can't just be hanging out on a taxi squad. But I found it interesting because I, I kept racking up players with eligibility that, that had left their college teams and had no place to play, you know, Brett Thorne included. Yeah, I would they think can... I would think the possibility is that all these guys could be uh added to a roster at christmas if they enrolled yes yeah semester break right yeah they could yeah. they could enroll for second semester i would think yeah okay there's a paragraph on my next column thank you john <laughs> <laughs> fibke dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown rhinelander wisconsin home of the hodag look online at fibkedental.com or find them on facebook they do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. 
That is F-I-E-B-K-E, dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A-Tech.net. So we kind of went through the whole thing. Augustana's on the outside looking in for their start. Have you had a chance to touch base with anyone at their program and, and how they're their first season here is looking? No. What what interests me and what I think is column worthy is Keith Magnuson's granddaughter is involved with their program. She and her husband, I don't know the last name, uh, are partial sponsors, and they were uh, pretty much a driving force. Um, Kevin Magnuson, who's now an NHL player agent, that's his um, that's his niece, and he, he grew up playing and skating with her, um, you know, in the old Chicago stadium and stuff like that. So um, <clears throat> having a, a direct descendant of Keith Magnuson involved with one of our CCHA schools, I think that's, that's pretty good. And, um, and so they're taking it seriously. They've got a great building, right? I don't think the, is the building completed. No, I think they, it's supposed to be done so that they can be playing there like at some point during the season. When they're right? official next I don't, years from now. No, it's supposed to be done this season, but I don't think oh. it will be done until some point in the season because I know some okay. of the teams that are in the CCHA are supposed to play in the new barn. Oh. But I'm not sure when what at what point during the season that's supposed to be. If it's supposed to be around Christmas time and then everything in January beyond is in the new barn or or not, well, but I think that's what I'd heard is some of the teams are supposed to play in the new barn. This I, I think you have to take them seriously uh, from a macro point of view. They got a great building. They got a Magnuson behind them. They got a gopher assistant as a head coach. You know, they, they'll have plenty of recruiting inroads uh, just over the border from South Dakota. I think uh, I like, uh, I, I do not see them as a flash in the pan. I think they're uh, they're serious, going to be a serious hockey program. So it How can looks, they not be, right? So it looks like yeah. Minnesota State is supposed to play them at the Denny Sanford Center, and then fair at the at the beginning of January, and then Fair State's supposed to be the first home opponent in the new building at the end of February or end of January. What? And then they end up having two, four, eight home games in the new building between end of January, February, and March. Hmm. So that's good intel. Yeah. Um so we kind of went through everything then. So we got Augustine on the outside. Um we both I think do you get Rob, Dustin, do you have any opinions on kind of how you think things will shake out? No, I think what we're talking about has been pretty pretty accurate so far. I think like, so the biggest thing for me it's gonna be trying to watch just what does Minnesota State do? You know, do they manage to keep it up at all? I, I don't think so, though. And, and who gets to fill that gap? Like I said, I hope it's us. Um, but I could easily see Northern, you know, uh, continuing to build on what they did last year. Like, you know, Tim was talking about coming close to to winning uh, winning there and, and having having a last-second 
bit of fun. I mean, the, the last few games there in, in, in Mankato were, were nuts. I mean, I, I was looking at it, it's one of the best college hockey games I've ever watched when we played them. Uh, yeah. when we lost to them, that's, that was in, absolutely insane. Uh, the, the up and down roller coaster of emotion as, as we went up and went, uh, went down and things were disallowed and reviewed and everything that happened in that game was, was insane. So, you know, seeing how, how the top end develops this year is, is going to be fun because it's not a known quantity for the first time. And, you know, since the CCHA has been there, so I'm looking forward to it. So we're all kind of in asked, agreement. Oh, go ahead, Tim. I, I asked Joe if uh, he felt any empathy for Grant having just a brutal <laughs> loss. A couple of weeks. And he goes, he goes, I feel for him. I'm not shedding any tears, but I feel for him. <laughs> it sounds like the perfect tech answer for anything Northern related, right? <laughs> yeah, I understand. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not heartbroken. Um. <laughs> Uh, so we basically kind of agree that it's probably Fair State, Bemidji, Lake State in some order in the bottom three uh, or bottom. They all probably finish out of the home ice, but maybe one of them could be fourth. And then we've kind of got St. Thomas, Minnesota State in that four or five range. And then some order of Bowling Green Tech and Northern Michigan at the top fighting for for the McNaughton yeah. Cup. Yeah, I think that sounds yeah. good. Yep. Sounds about right. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds reasonable at this point for how much research the three of us have done compared to you, Tim. So <laughs> uh the one the one exception there, I think, is St. Thomas might climb up a rung or two, you know, because yep. they're just such a pain in the butt to play against. And and they've got some talent and they got good transfers and Rico's everyone everyone's buying into Rico's game plan you know yeah i i do think they are quite the wild card that it could could go really yeah. well for them and they're um you know striving for third or it could not go well and and they're still in that 5 6 range five, six. Um, okay but who knows it it really does depend on on how well all of that roster turnover gels with the culture that they're trying to build there. Yeah. And then, uh, and, uh, how, how, how quickly, uh, how well Rico can control his, his short fuse for the officials and, <laughs> and everything else in, in game management. Um, one of the other interesting things this year is, uh, a new head of officials. Have you had any, uh, conversations with Marco or any thoughts on that transition there? I haven't, though I've had a long talk uh, with Joe about getting it straight on what constitutes goaltender interference. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> why. And and if, and they says it's absolutely ironclad, even if the goalie gets shoved, if it's not keeping, if, if there was no way he could get back anyway and, and make a save, it doesn't prevent him from making a save or making a play on the puck the goal will stand and he's rock solid on that and said that I can't, I can't wait for, I can't wait for Blake to be the one that gets pushed, but not enough to prevent him from making a save. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But watching that play a bajillion times, you see something new every time you watch it. Cause like, uh, you know, after talking with Joe about it off the record, 
he talked about what um was it Bronte was the one that made the contact with the goalie? Right? I think yeah, I don't think I don't think it was Bronte. Nardella. It was, a, it was a gratuitous shove. Yeah. Whoever it was, I forget who. Um but whoever it was said that his feet got taken out from him and that's why he fell over and pushed on the goalie. And after I hear that, I watch the replay and you see the goalie stick. When the goalie goes down to make a save, the stick comes out and takes out our defender or our attacking player's left foot. And that's why he goes down on the goalie's back is because he lost his balance because his one foot got taken out. Well, if the goalie's the one that initiated the contact, no kidding. then it shouldn't be goalie interference. But I didn't see that till I watched it for like the 15th time. And if you don't yeah. hear that info from whoever the forward was, you're not looking for that piece of it, right? Like, and it's, and it's, yeah. it's, it's such a hard call. And, um, and oh my God, being in the building for that was such a roller coaster. Just like, cause like all the fans around me, like when we scored to tie it, I'm like ecstatic. And, and I'm like, jokingly apologizing to all the fans around me and i'm like oh we were I'm we so, were having I'm, a good time on the other side of the ring too I mean, it was... yeah right and I'm, i was just like jumping up and down and they're all like speechless and i'm like sorry for being so obnoxious but we don't win this trophy every year <laughs> you know? oh my gosh yeah and and then the kukunin play of the century yeah, we only got to celebrate it, or you only got to celebrate it for about a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and if, if that power play goal hadn't been ramped up over Blake's shoulder, we'd still be talking about Kukinen's brilliant yeah. play to win the McNaughton Cup. Yeah, shorties yeah, like that. It was, like I said, the biggest roller coaster I think I've ever experienced in in sports for personally yeah. myself. It was absolutely nuts. I mean. I was standing over by Bethlehem and, and Biddy and just bedlam <laughs> and back and forth with the Mankato fans. It was good. It was good natured fun. Everybody was yelling back and forth at each other. It was, it was just absurd. <laughs> yeah. It was absurd. It was amazing theater. I couldn't I'm believe glad it. We, I didn't go to the first game of the series. My buddy and I drove over for the second uh, game of the series, the five hour drive over to see one game and well worth it. <laughs> yes. And then we drove back that night. <laughs> Shaking your head. Yep. Incredible. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Tim? Got any new books or anything? Well, I'm still um, still pushing the women's hockey book, A Miracle of Their Own. Uh, I do have an announcement. The um, Disney has put down uh, an offer for, for right to the Hobie Baker book. Cool. And uh, hmm. there's a a theatrical podcast that's being produced right now. And you got to turn off your blur, Rob. It's too blurry. No, it's too much of a mess back there to turn off the blur, but both <laughs> books are here, Tim. Oh, there, there you it go. Is. Baker. Yeah. There's an option on um, a miniseries on the Hobie Baker, which is probably about 50-50, whether that ever becomes reality. But uh, David Duchovny from the X-Files is going to be narrating the Hobie Baker 30 for 30 podcast on ESPN Radio. So that's, nice. cool. that's coming up uh before christmas i think nice that's cool yeah based on the book that's all good i i I came to new york did lengthy interviews talked about hobie baker uh, 
hundred years old, you can make up half the stuff, you know. You can't get <laughs> <laughs> we we tried to get ourselves into the rink, but uh, it was all locked up. We couldn't get in. Yep. We and then and then oh, that's a shame. And then after we left, I realized I had totally screwed that up because uh, I have Jamie Russell's phone number, and he I asked him like the day after we drove by, yeah. and he's like, "Oh yeah, I probably could have gotten you in." One of our kids from uh you whatever his prep school is is going to uh princeton so we could have probably gotten you in and i was like uh, oh, cool. next time we end up in uh <laughs> out that way we'll have to that's try. a fun rink to hang out inside there's so many old photos including of hobie himself really good yeah stuff. just the outside of it is so unique i mean we didn't get to get in at yeah. all but just seeing it from the outside is you wouldn't guess that was a hockey rink unless you know you you knew <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. Certainly it just it just looked look like, like an old building on campus it it Not actually looked more like a picture. greenhouse type thing, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Especially with like the the side the, the, like the side like windows that area. they had on the yep. outside because it used to just have a bunch of exits to the outside, and then they had to like close that off so everybody has to come in through like the front. That's so, right. Yeah, it was kind of cool what we got to see, but yeah, yeah. That's a half tick on the Barnes bin to list. <laughs> Seeing the yep. outside. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we tried, and then we drew, and then we drove past LIU, right? I think. We drove past like chunks of LIU. I don't think yeah, we I don't know if that got was it. the part or not. Yeah, <laughs> we kept seeing signs for Long Island University in New York. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure which campus actually has the rink they play on, or where. Yeah, I have no idea where yet. they actually play. Yeah. yeah, one minute remaining in the podcast. All right, is that it, guys? Anything else you want to talk about? We good? Yeah, no, it's good. All right, good here. Uh, well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons at the white level or above uh, get question priority. Patrons at the black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Uh, patrons at the gold level or above receive unfiltered video of our podcast each week. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think at this point, our be- your best choice to help us make money is to listen on Spotify. Um, if you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make, make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. If you give us a five-star rating, Dustin will read the review. Uh, you leave no matter what it says. So let's get some ratings and see what you guys have to say. Thanks to our sponsors, Hibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, uh, Arcadia Insurance, and Livonia Technical Services. And uh, final note, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com.
You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.